Anyway, we're in Matthew chapter 14, and we just started, verse 1. We went through 13, which was a, a chapter of parables. Jesus changes some things. He changes how he's preaching. It said from that point on, he started using parables, and he started preaching to people outside. He's starting to go away from the um, synagogues, and he's going out to the people. Well, let's realize what's happening. Uh, the Jewish religious leaders are threatened by him, and it is starting to become contentious. Uh, you know, what will crucify him is already starting to happen. Um, his enemies are becoming known. Now, we pick up here. He said, at the time of Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the news about Jesus. Now, in chapter 3, 4, and 9, Matthew had kept us informed about what is going on with John the Baptist. Here, he dedicates some more of this sacred space to John's death. Point is, John the Baptist was an extremely important person. He was an extremely heavy hitter. Mm -hmm. He was prophesied to come. He came. He did what he was prophesied to do. And then he died. Okay. After he said the amazing words that all Christians should say, he must be less, I must be less, he must be more. So he got arrested and had his head cut off. <laughs> and uh, now it's interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Anyway, now the word, by the way, Herod is uh, the rule, the, the Jewish ruler of get a portion of Israel appointed by the Romans. Uh, basically Galilee. Jesus' hometown, home area. Uh, if you will remember when Jesus is arrested, Pilate says, why am I dealing with him? Send him to Herod. I mean, he's not my issue. He's his issue because he wanted nothing to do with it. Well, this is that Herod. Now, there's a couple of Herods here. This is little Herod. There was big Herod who was a big, nasty, mean person who just built the new temple and, you know, all that stuff. This is one of his, I believe, prodigy. Uh, now, the word tetriarch just basically means a governor of a fourth. The, you know, the, the, the provinces are broken to fourths. Well, he's the governor of one of them. It means a governor of a fourth. Yeah. Anyway. And so Herod, verse 2, said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. And that's why miraculous powers are at work in him. So, well, you know what? You can't get away from what you've done. You know what I mean? Um Herod had, well, it's going to be brought up, but I'll speak to it now. Herod didn't, Herod was fascinated by John the Baptist. He would sit and, he had him arrested, but he would sit and talk with him all the time. Now, John the Baptist said anything to anybody straight out. It was as if God was talking, well, he was, he was a prophet. Yeah. John the Baptist was a pure prophet from God. Everybody knew it. He was sent by God with a message. He gave it. You know, John the Baptist had a huge following. He had to be dealt with, or he would, I mean, because yeah, he, he was dealing with disciples. Yeah. He, he had his own disciples. I mean, crowds would come from everywhere, from the entire nation. People would come down to hear what John the Baptist had to say. And he was John the Baptist. We call him John the Baptist for a reason. And that's because he was a baptizer. And every time you hear the word baptism, in that case, think repentance. Because it was a baptism of repentance. You know, I'm wrong. I, this word of God says I'm wrong. I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. It doesn't matter what anybody else did. I know what I am. 
you know, right. here's the truth, guys. There is no one so good that they don't need salvation, and there's no one so bad that can't receive it. That's the beauty of it. And yet people still proclaim, I don't need it because of pride. Well, John the Baptist sat there and told them straight up, you need it. And he looked at the religious leaders right in the eye. And what did he call them? Whitewashed pig pens? Brood of vipers. Brood of vipers. <laughs> I mean, these are people that had power. I mean, he in front of thousands of people, he would say this. This wasn't something. This wasn't something he said on the slide. Yeah, right Publicly, yeah. in front of all these people who whose respect they really desired, and he would just point them out, telling them they needed to repent, yeah. which is not what they wanted to hear. So dude, this dude didn't pull punches. No, exactly. He spoke the word of God without fear. And uh, yeah, and it did what it did. It did what it does. Um, that he was well. Remember what his job was: preparing the way for Jesus Christ. His truth about the law and repentance prepared the way for grace. Because brothers and sisters, always remember that the law leads you to grace. The law proves that you are not good enough right. to make it on your own. That's why Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law, its purpose. I'm the answer. I'm the completion of the law. The whole purpose of the law, no one has ever been saved by the law, ever. Okay. That's why Jesus descended down into the bosom of Abraham, because none of those people, even the most righteous ones who were in the bosom, Father Abraham had to hear the message of grace. None of us. What does scripture say? No one is good, no, not one. It's extremely clear. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Well, some of us have to be convinced more than others. And usually for most of the people, it just takes a little time. You live long enough, you see yourself do enough things, and you go, oh man, I really need grace. Especially I, when you're deathbed. Amen, amen. <laughs> uh, I give you the criminal on the yeah, cross. Yeah. You know What was his words? He said, I deserve to be here. Do you realize it took him a whole lifetime of doing wicked, wild things for him to come to the conclusion he's not up there doing what the other guy just said, ah, it's all your fault, why yeah. Savior, mocking everybody, defiant to the end, pride just yeah. pouring out. This guy humbles himself and he does what John taught. He repented. Yeah. I deserve this. Save me. The law is the MRI of the soul that shows your sick Jesus Christ is the cure. Okay. That's who John the Baptist was. It is very hard to underestimate, to overestimate who John the Baptist was in the plan of God. I mean, honestly. Um, now the Jews, okay, I'll have to say it. There's scripture that says Isaiah will come and lead the way. Uh, and Elijah, well, sorry, Isaiah said it, I think. Yeah, Elijah, the prophet Elijah will come. And so everybody was is he Elijah? Because the Jews still keep a seat at their table for, him. for Elijah. Well, for John, who, there's a lot on this. It wasn't, because scripture says things that can be, if you don't read them all, it could be a little confusing. Was John the Baptist Elijah? And Jesus said no. And then he said, in, a, in the form of, he, he did what Elijah does. And that's all the Old Testament was saying. 
that force, that what Elijah did, that John the Baptist will come and do this. Right. And so in the end, he did say, yes, he is. First off, if he would have outright claimed John the Baptist was Elijah, everybody would have been, I mean, wars would have happened. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been, you know. Chaos. Oh, absolute chaos. And this is, and John said, I have to be less, not more. And if Jesus stood up there and said to everybody, that there's Elijah, that wouldn't have happened. It's a, yeah. John the Baptist was so interwoven with the plan of God. It, it amazes me. And yet he still sent his people and said, are you the Messiah? Still. Because he's still a human being. Yeah. Anyway. He was his cousin too. Yep, and they were cousins. and Yep. And uh, back to verse 2. And said to his servants, this is uh, Herod talking, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead, and that's why miraculous powers are working him. Well, he worried about that because he had John the Baptist killed. Uh, the title John the Baptist could be just as accurately have been John the Preacher of Repentance, as baptism was the his baptism especially was an act of repentance. You're saying I'm a sinner. I'm going down. I'm confessing my sins. I'm coming up clean. Okay. The news of Jesus' miracle had reached all across Israel. What happened here to Herod shows us what happens if we hear of miracles, but we don't hear the message the miracle supports. Okay, Herod hears all this news of Jesus. He's doing this, he's doing that. People are being raised from the dead. The blind could see, the lame could walk, but he's not hearing any of the messages that come with it. He's just getting news. Of you the know. healings. Oh, yeah. And, you know... Uh, Herod was a real Greek man. I mean, he was a Hellenist. He he was, you know, debauchery and all that stuff. He paid almost no attention to Jewish law. You know what I mean? He was a Jew in name only, basically. But anyway, uh, the miracles were all about the message. See, the reason Jesus did these things, he always preached after. And the reason for miracles was to give credence to his words to prove this is God speaking. He said that outright. You know, what did he say? He said, if you don't believe my words, believe the miracles I did to tell you I'm from God. Mm-hmm. If the words aren't enough, he's saying that's why right. I'm doing them. Right. And what did he also say to Capernaum? He said, you know, if the miracles I'd have done here would have been done in Sodom, they'd have repented. Mm-hmm. That's the power because the words that come with the miracle. Pharisees. Yes. The miracles were about the message. Without the message, we make our own, own context and conclusion. What we do is we take those miraculous things and we use them to our benefit. We'll find a way to take that and make it about me or how to improve my situation, my life. Uh, Jesus was active during John's ministry. And after he was arrested by Herod, uh, not sure how Herod confused the two. What I'm saying is Herod said, this is John the Baptist risen from the dead. But they were both ministering at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is what fear does. Fear makes you extremely irrational. You know, you told I picked this up and then I didn't do it. Man, to set the timer. After I told you, Frank, I'm doing it, I didn't do it. Oh, man. And he's teaching Bibles. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll set this for another, because I'll rattle on forever. But, man, that's your fault. 
Anyway. <laughs> he hasn't said a word. <laughs> See? That works. Shh. Shh. I'm teaching. Poor Cheryl. <laughs> Poor Cheryl. <laughs> Poor Cheryl. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not the first one to say that, brother. <laughs> and I doubt if you'll be the last. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this, this confounds me because Herod honestly believes this is John the Baptist come back from the dead to get him. But yet Jesus and John were very close to the same age, and they ministered, they had become famous together. So how can he be him if he was already here when John died? Okay, but like I said, this is what fear does to you. This is what sin does to you. Sin just pulls you down a rabbit hole that you try anything to make sense of. It's amazing, they can believe that, but they can't yes. believe Jesus is yes. Messiah. Exactly. <laughs> when, you know, thank you. Jesus. Yep, it's what we do. It's 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 what we do. Wow. We really believe some bizarre, strange stuff uh, instead of facing ourselves and having to admit we're sinners, uh, confronting our own pride. We will try anything other than to say it's me. That's what I've always said. You've heard me preach it. I found the problem. I found the enemy. It's me. Mm-hmm. It isn't anybody else. It's me. Yeah. I, it's who I got to deal with. My problem is me. And, uh, yep, so we make up a whole lot of stuff so we don't have to do that. This is what a guilty conscience along with bad theology produces. Uh, Dumb stuff. Guilt obviously had a strong hold on Herod. He knew he was wrong and was worried about the consequences. Even this Hellenistic heathen knew what he did was wrong. He knew that killing John was the wrong thing. He killed John to save his pride. A man, a, a righteous man, a prophet of God, was murdered at his hand so that he wouldn't look stupid. Yeah, if I don't do this, I'll look bad. That's exactly right. Uh, no, no scripture that I know of said that John performed miracles. I just went. I, I didn't see any there. It may be there. I'm not thinking of it. John just went out and preached the gospel yeah. and told the truth. I don't. If anybody can find it or knows of one, let me know. But I don't. I. I don't find anything yeah. where John ever performed a miracle. He didn't have to. It was all words. Yeah. Well, which makes him the one who prepared the way for the one who brought the miracles. You, you could see the dynamic. Don't miss the dynamic that went on between John and Jesus, who were rel- you were cousins. Yeah. And, you know, just, yeah. yeah. When he stepped there, he told me, he said, you should be baptizing me. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> and he said, do it for the sake of order, basically. Yeah. You know, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Because what I do, other people should do. Verse 3, For when Herod and John had John arrested, he bound him and put him in prison because Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. Yes, that's everything you need to know is in that sentence. Mark begins an account of John's demise uh, shorter than... Uh, Matthew begins the account of John's demise shorter than Mark's in Mark 6. Mark 6 is a little richer uh, what this is, is this is a little portion of Matthew where they, Matthew sits and explains what ha- actually happened to John the Baptist. Uh, Leon Morris wrote, Herodias was a granddaughter of Herod the Great. That was Big Herod. That was their grandfather, mm-hmm. which means Philip, Herod's brother, was a son of Big Herod, just like little Herod. So this was his granddaughter, uh, being the daughter of his son, Astrobolius, or whatever that name is. Mm-hmm. She married her uncle, 
Herod, Philip, Herod Philip, who had who was half-brother to Herod Antiochus. Basically, uh, this gets so screwed up. Herod ends up, this Herod, uh, Antipas, sorry, uh, Galilee Herod is the best way to put it because this starts to become, uh, he married his brother Philip's uh, wife, who was his niece. Yeah. That that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Herod Philip and Herodias had a daughter, Salome. So <laughs> this woman that Herod married brought a daughter with her hmm. that was Herod's niece. <laughs> okay. Not her his brother's daughter Daughter. came with her to live with Herod. okay dad i think you lost all of us that's all right that's okay that it's you you should be lost because it is that screwed up basically herod (laughs) ends up marrying his brother's wife and brings she brings her daughter with her which is his niece and they're all living together here now, Herod comes into a princess whose name is not known, the daughter of King... So he had other wives, but he and Herodias fell in love. Like I said, Herod was a wicked dude. They agreed to marry, and Herodias uh, left, his ha- left his half-brother, Philip, <laughs> as Matthew says, and she was Herod's sister-in-law and also his niece. <laughs> okay, That's how screwed up this is. And if you don't get it, that's fine. I just know that it's screwed up. The daughter of Arterius got the wind of what was happening and fled to her father, his Herod's first wife, who promptly went to war with Herod and defeated him, which provoked Roman intervention. So the Romans couldn't have that because they appointed Herod. So the Romans came in and bailed him out. Okay. So we're getting somebody else. You're out of here. This, this, this is who the dude is, okay? This is, and the Romans... Well, the, the Romans are really big on maintaining... Oh, them. yeah. But they really don't want you doing stuff like this. They, don't, they put you in that position so that they don't have to do anything. Right. So, at this point, they're not really happy with Herod. Because they had to come save his carcass. Because he married his brother's his wife, wife and his, his own niece. niece. And... Kicked out his first wife, who went running to dad, who got mad and attacked him. So, okay. This all matters because this is the, the environment that John pops into and starts pointing his finger at him and yelling at him. Okay? In, in public, calling him a sinner. And do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is so intense. It is so screwed up. The Romans are mad. And John the Baptist is standing out there and just accusing him and calling him every name out in public in front of everybody. It was a tangled and complex situation, but it was clear that the marriage of Herod and Herodias was contrary to Old Testament law. He was in sin. All that other stuff. Bottom line is the marriage was in sin. Leviticus 18, 16, Leviticus 20, and verse 21. Anyway, for John had been saying to him, 
not just in public, but looking Herod right in the eye, it's not lawful for you to have her. <laughs> you say this to the dude who's the ruler, without fear. Apparently, John was the only one speaking truth to or about Herod's illegal marriage. Assume that the Pharisees and the priest said nothing. Because he was their Jew. You know, he was a Jew in name, but he was still a Jew. You know, and he was still their leader. And if he was gone, then the Romans would put a Roman in there, and they didn't want that. John openly spoke the truth to power, and then power spoke to him. Worldly power. Hmm. Luke's account adds this line in addition to John pointing out Herod's sin with Herodias. It says this, And because of all the wicked things which had Herod had done. So John shined a light on everything Herod was doing when everyone else with, had no voice to say anything. Everything Herod did, John pointed it out, not only to the people, but to Herod. Uh, he rented a billboard. Uh, yeah, he was, he was the billboard. Yep. You think political attack ads or something. No, this guy had nothing to gain politically. You know what I mean? He wasn't trying to get anything. He's just speaking truth to a Jew who's sinning. Uh, Leviticus 18.16, just so you know, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife if that it is your brother's nakedness. In other words, you, you can't sleep with your uh, sister-in-law. Uh, Leviticus 20, 21 through 23, if there is a man who takes his brother's wife, it is abhorrent. He has uncovered his brother nakedness and will be childless. You therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them so that the land which I am bringing you to live will not spew you out wherever you shall not follow the customs of the nation uh, which I drive out before you, for they did these things, therefore I, I have abhorred them. In other words, I will do to them, do to you what I did to them if you act like them. Now that all matters because that is what John was saying to Herod. That. Uh, although Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd because they regarded John as a prophet, mm -hmm. which he was. That's how powerful he was. This guy who had the backing of Rome, had his own soldiers, had Roman soldiers, probably could have had the soldiers of the Jewish leaders, was afraid of him because the people. Mark's account shows Herod was one of, who was fascinated by John and respected him as a holy man. But John was problematic for Herod as he pointed out his sin. John was very popular with people. John was a rock star. I mean, everybody knew who John was. Everybody respected him. In a way, he was probably compassionate toward Herod because he wanted him to change. Absolutely. You need to repent, buddy. And he looked yeah. him right in the eyes, told him the truth, because yeah. what will make you free? The yeah. truth. Yeah, you need to stop. Yep. But when Herod's birthday came, verse 6, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Okay, this is a strange thing. Uh, John's in jail right now. In there. He's downstairs in the, in the cells. Yeah. He's had, Herod's had his birthday, and this young lady, his wife's daughter, his niece, oh God, great-niece, whatever she was, comes out and does, and we're talking a provocative dance. Okay. No record of the Jews celebrating birthdays, by the way. No. Uh, honestly, look through the Bible. See if you, <coughs> I, I mean, honestly, I couldn't find one. Uh, I don't think they do. 
not until the Hellenistic influence crept in and Herod was more a Hellenist at heart than a Jew by blood. Uh, that's Greek. When we say Hellenist, that means that Greek philosophy of how they partied and what they believed about mm-hmm. sexuality and all that other stuff. Right. So there was that influence. Then there was the Roman influence, which was its own debauchery. And then there's the law of God, which is contrary to all of it. You know. But all these people there understand and or appreciate this girl then nobody's going oh my i'm getting out of here she shouldn't be doing that yeah. you know so okay uh in genesis 20 uh, 40 20 there's reference to pharaoh celebrating his birthday that's the only thing i could find hmm. uh about birthdays anyway that's just neither here nor there josephus wrote her name was salome her dance was provocative uh best i can say is a stripper at a bachelor party uh, if you've never been to one, no, that's what I've heard. Mikhail, that's what you told me it was like. So, uh, Poor Cheryl. your wife's not listening, is she? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth. Uh, she was Herodias' daughter to Philip, Herod's half brother. Remember that. Hence his niece and stepdaughter. She's both of those, and she's dancing out. She's basically doing a strip tease. And yeah, anyway, so much was he pleased, he promised her with an oath which means something to Jews. Oaths are supposed to be followed. Uh, and when you say one in public in front of other people, it really means something. To give her whatever she asks. Okay, we, we're all guys sitting here, and we know how stupid we could be when aroused. Well, this is proof right here of what part of you was thinking. You know, I'll just leave it at that, because this is the dumbest thing he ever could have done. You know, it it doesn't take much to make men stupid. Alcohol, a dancing girl, and a party, and pride <laughs> caused Herod to paint himself into a corner. He couldn't get out of this. Wine and women are what caused the death of John the Baptist and pride. Mm-hmm. The public oath would have been very hard to break. For an oath to mean anything, it must be kept. And he is a ruler. If he breaks this oath, his other oaths will mean nothing. And he will have to do things by force. The oath thing is sort of foreign to us. We pay little attention to such words. few times we take oaths or vows seriously is when we testify in court or when we get married. Uh, in either case... Yeah, or join the army. Thank you. In all three cases, in all three cases a man loses his freedom. <laughs> Marriage, army, court. Uh, back then, any oath taken was expected to be kept. And Mark 6, 21-23, A strategic day come when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and leading men of Galilee. Heavy hitters. And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guest. And the king said to the girl, Ask for me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask for, I will give it to you. Listen to this part. Up to half of my kingdom. Yeah. I wonder how soon it was after he said it and regretted it. Like, what, so what, did, I just, maybe? what did I just say? What? You know. Matthew 5, 34 to 31. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven or by the throne of God. For by earth it is the footstool of his feet. For by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. That's Jesus saying, don't make oaths. It's dumb. James 5.15 Above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, 
but your yes is to be yes and your no is to be no and you shall not fall under so that you will not fall under judgment what it's saying is if you break your oath you fall under judgment mm -hmm. if you swear by God God heard it you took his name he took you seriously having been prompt back verse 8 we're back where we were having been prompted by her mother so she hears this Herod says ask anything you want she's, she's a young girl she goes hmm mom. I'll ask mom <laughs> now mom really don't like John really because well he's calling her a whore yeah. I don't know how else to put this I'll just say it. That's what he's calling her, an adulterer and a whore. And he's saying it in public. And he's saying it to their faces. Yeah. Uh, having prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Oh. Yeah. I can see hair going. Oh, what did yeah. I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And instantly, Herod knows why Scripture says don't make oaths. Yeah. All the things that could have been asked for, vengeance and anger, rule the day. That's how powerful hate and vengeance are. She could have had half the kingdom, and she gets some guy's head on a plate. I mean, you know, I understand what I'm saying. That's what it. That's what pride does to you. It makes you dumb. Herodias uh, has John killed for speaking the truth in public about her sin. And Herod's. It's likely that a gasp went through the crowd. Everyone there knew who John was and how much the people revered him. All of the men at the party would have had to deal with the social consequences of killing John. The young girl took these powerful men on an emotional journey from arousal to regret in a matter of minutes. You know, there are very few times that when you sin, you taste the consequences that quickly. <laughs> Usually, sometimes it takes a long time to taste the consequences of your sin. Mm -hmm. But this happened in minutes. Uh, these two things are often found in conjunction with each other. Arousal and regret. Although he was grieved, the king commanded it to be given uh, because of his oath and because of his dinner guests. A man dies, a righteous man dies, because a little girl danced. Herod joins a long list of men who regretted what they said while they were partying. He sent and had John, the hat, had John beheaded in prison. As Roman authority uh, figure, Herodio could put to, uh, Herod could put one to death, uh, unlike Jewish leaders. Uh, remember, uh, let me try to say what I'm explaining here. Remember when they brought Jesus in and the uh, chief priests and the scribes of Pharisees says, we, we can't put him to death, we have to take him to... Mm -hmm. Herod could, because Herod had the authority of Rome. He was, See, the Romans wouldn't let the chief priests put people to death because they would put right. people to death left and right, and right. the Romans are going, stop it, you know. You know, if they broke one of their little laws, they were like stoning them, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the Romans yeah. couldn't have that crap going yeah. on. And so they, you know, and that also gives them insight into Pilate sending him to Herod. Herod had that authority to put him to death. He didn't. He sent him back, but okay. Verse 11, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. I, you know... I don't know how young this girl was, but giving a platter with somebody's head on it and then walking into a ballroom, and uh, this is like 
epic stuff. And she brought it to her mother. I assumed the head on the platter stifled the mood of the party a little bit. I also assumed that this power play caused issues between Herod and his wife. Uh, John could be considered the first martyr of the Good News era. We always talk about Stephen, in which he was. But John died for speaking the truth, for being a prophet. And what did Jesus say about the prophets? Talking about Jerusalem, you killed every one of them. He stood right out there and says, you killed all the prophets. You know, send your prophet, you kill them. They said, send us a prophet. They said, send your prophets, you kill them. Because they speak the truth. They tell you to repent, and you don't do it. I assume the news of his death spread quickly throughout the region. His disciples, verse 12, his disciples came and took away the body and buried it. It says the body. They went on and reported it to Jesus. A grim task, a headless body was cared for, and John's disciples turned immediately to Jesus. What must have felt like a great loss and an ending of a movement was in the hands of God, was in the hands of God only the beginning. I, I can't imagine how low the disciples of John felt. You know, that we, we believe. Imagine, remember how low the disciples of Christ felt when he was crucified? They were all you know, meeting together yeah. and all scared and all that. And uh, these guys had nowhere to turn. They didn't see miracles. They didn't see, you know. Yeah. But this all goes back to John saying, He must be more, I must be less. It's the only way this is going to happen. John couldn't fade away, he was too powerful. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He couldn't just go sit and be quiet because people would still be coming to him. Um, I honestly believe I have nothing to back. This is just my opinion. John knew what was going to happen, and he fully accepted it. He knew what had to happen. He, your will, not mine. We said the prayer of prayers. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if any of his disciples carried on his baptism. Uh, as far as something separate from Christ, yeah. interesting. I, but I think Christ became so powerful and overwhelmed everything that everybody went to him. Yeah. I mean, when you're raising the dead and you're healing the yeah. blind, eh, people come to see you, other than, you know, instead of the guy that's dunking you in a river and telling you to stop sinning. Uh, John's own words from John 3.30, he must increase, but I must, I must decrease. This should be the mantra for all of our lives. First you learn to say it, then life teaches you, and you learn to mean it. I'm sort of in between those two things in my life right now. I know it's what I should say, and I'm trying very hard to mean it. But that is sanctification. We'll end right there. I, I have no idea how long I went, but we'll end on 13. Any questions, comment, criticisms, anything like that? If not... Uh, yeah, we could uh, stop the recording.